now for the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club. Welcome to the Wednesday Morning Coffee Club with Bill and Jenny Sparks, Dave and Chris Rickard, Tim Oni, and the crew. Bill will be taking your phone calls and you will hear lots of conversation. We will have cooking tips demonstrations of products, and much, much more. And you may reach us by calling 1-646-558-8656. You will need the meeting ID 848-725-450. And when you're asked for a user ID, just press pound. You may download Zoom from the Play Store or the App Store. Well, a very good morning to you. I hope you guys are doing well today. We've had a trend in a cooler thing, though it's going to start warming back up again here in the next few days. But it's been a little cool for the past few nights, so we can't complain there. Let's go downstairs and... Are you a roving reporter today, Jenny? Are you out in the office, or where are you at today? So right now I'm in the living room. You're in the but living room. But I could be a roving reporter. Could be. <laughs> you could be roving if you get a dog visitor and and all of that stuff started this morning. But you're in the living room right now, is that correct? Yeah, that's unusual. I haven't been in here for a while for the coffee club. Things going well for you? Pretty good so far. Good, cool so. last night. And I've already got tea made, making brewing for today, and things got, are happening. Got you, got your stuff done for the day. Did you get your bills done from Dayton yet? No, nope, I have that to do after the coffee club because I got another one to do anyway. So, so be, gonna, I'm always afraid to do that before the coffee club because I'm afraid I'll lose track of time. 
Well, let's go up to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Tim, how are you today? Pretty good. A little tired after staying up watching the or listening to the Twins game, uh, which they lost, but uh, 14 to 12. <laughs> Quite a baseball Man, there's been some high-scoring games lately. We yeah, started sure play watching the way. Reds game, or listening to the Reds game. But uh, nice weather here and uh, beautiful. It's supposed to get up to 85 today and and fairly dry. The humidity is supposed to come back tomorrow night. Well, that's very, very good. Altoona, Pennsylvania. What's going on there? Well, it's uh, nice and unhumid here today, but it's coming back here, too, this weekend. I think they said Friday, but um, it's... It's good. Nothing nothing going on. We'll take the cooler weather. Gosh, we can't even complain. No. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Albany, New York. Albany, New York is copacetic. Everything is doing well here in the capital of New York State. And like uh, Dave and Chris, we have. Uh, uh, it's going to be a nice day today. We had a lot of rain yesterday, but not like they had down in New York City where they had flooding. And they had even had a... a, a, a but they have a tornado in Barnstable County, Massachusetts, somewhere up down the Cape, which is unusual. They, you know, they don't have them very often, but they have one out in that area. We've had some crazy weather this summer, but everything is good here in Albany, New York. Well, I think we've swung around the panel. Let's see how they. We've got a, a few folks in this morning. Let's see, Bell in Chicago. Bell, how are you today? Go ahead, Bill. Bell, no, okay, I'm unmuted. I'm doing all right. It's nice here. It's about 62 degrees. Let's get to about 78 today. Sunny. We're supposed to get the humidity back this weekend. It's been nice here all week. And yeah, it ripped a roof off there in uh, Cape Cod on one of the motels or hotels there. I heard that on the news. That's what I heard, Bill. And you just don't see that that often on the Cape. I mean, I mean, that's not that it said doesn't happen, but it just has. I can't remember yeah. when when in my lifetime that I've, I've heard about a tornado up there. Yeah, a lot of times a big body of water will kind of push those tornadoes up. They'll kind of pass over you, so they'll close the ocean. I'm surprised, too, because I know we very seldom get them right here in the city because the lake pushes them up. You know, the, the I don't know, something to do with the water or the atmospheric pressure or something that keeps them up. They really don't strike the city direct. They'll hit maybe out in the suburbs or in the outlying areas, not close to the lake. But they say the lake or the body of the water push those things up. So, well, but, I've never been in a tornado. I hope not to ever be in one. But I've it, been through it, two of them. I know it's an interesting experience. I'm sure. I'm sure. I've been yeah. through those. And also, real quick, have you guys um, seen where they've cut CBS off almost all the uh, networks? No, it's not off the networks. What, what, what's going on here, Bill? I mean, it's off the cable channels. I mean to say. Oh, it's, like UVerse, uh, Cox, Spectrum. Well, no, we we have we have Spectrum. Oh, you still here, got okay, okay, it's, it's, okay here's what it's going on. What do you have for your for your cable? You have do you have AT&T? I got UVerse. Yeah, mine. Okay, is that's what that's the problem. It's not the cable companies. It's a it's a dispute between CBS and uh, and AT and T. So it, yeah, right. If, that's you, what if I mean. you have Directv now, and if you have UVerse, you're not going to have. You're not going to have CBS. We in Albany have the same problem for those who have DirecTV now uh, and, and DirecTV. It's called uh, stations that are owned by a company called Nexstar are off right. air. So, for example, in Albany, New York, I got a call from JR. Who I, I probably, he's probably listening to the coffee club today. And they can't get Channel 10 here in Albany, which is owned and operated by Nexstar. So that's another issue. And and the reason is, is because the the... the 
networks, uh, CBS can charge AT&T to be on their cable system. Same thing with Nexstar. They, the local broadcaster can charge the cable company to be on the cable company. And unfortunately... Yeah, Go ahead. I thought it was CW yeah, instead of CBS. No, it's CBS. No, no, CBS. CBS. Cause, Maybe it's uh, both of them, because I saw things for Channel 8 here, and that's the CW network or whatever. Yeah, they, no, they may be, but see, they, even though they're a CW affiliate, they may be owned by Nexstar. I don't have the list of who owns them. Yeah, I don't but know, they, but I know Nexstar is also with ABC. That's that's correct, but Nexstar is just the so name of a company. So far, they haven't done anything with them, right? Mm-hmm. Right, Nexstar is just the name of a company, Bill. It's not Right, right, I know it's just a company, but I meant they own they own. Well, they're connected with ABC, I guess, for the cable stuff. Because I know our Channel 7 here is owned by Disney, I guess. You know, it's a Disney-owned station here, but it's ABC. We had that problem two years ago. Remember, it was last year. Uh, with Tribune Broadcasting's own uh, own WGN America, which is their WGN's national programming, right, not, right, the, right. not the WGN you see in Chicago, and that was off mm-hmm. our cable last year. Which I, which for me, I didn't see a problem because I don't really like WGN America anymore. I liked it when it was WGN and I could get the news from Chicago and stuff. But they they got rid of that a long time ago. So right, 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 right. And also, real quick, Tim, you were up late last night. You should have watched the Cubs. They didn't start till eight thirty Chicago time. Yeah, but but their game probably didn't take five hours. I don't remember how long it took. I don't remember when it went off the air, but I started watching. I said, I forget this. I went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ours ours was five hours and went into ten innings. Oh, okay. I don't know if the Cubs did or not. I didn't hear the score this morning, so I don't know what they did. But when you said you were up late, and I said, he should have watched the Cubs. They didn't start on the air until 830 last night. You know, you know, if you really start run, running into problems with these TV stations and networks across the hall, Jackie, I put on her television a indoor TV antenna for fifty nine dollars, and she can get every channel, and she gets hundreds of channels, so it does pretty pretty well, and she's not affected by by these changes so and and even an indoor antenna you just put up on the wall or by your window which is not very big does a pretty good job by the way for those who uh, uh do use antennas on their cable on their television sets i should say on august 1st uh, you'll have to rescan your channels because they're they're realigning the tv band with the repack, so uh, on August first, rescan your channels. If you're not if you're not getting your regular channels, rescan. Now on the on the Fire TV, there's a, a, a channel scan under under live TV settings, and the first option there is called Scan for Channels. Depending on what TV you have, it might say Retune or Channel Scan or something of that nature. But you will have to rescan for your channels on August first. And there are services now providing a little box or something you put on your TV or in that you can get all of these local channels. So, well, especially local- if you have an analog television set, so you can get the digital. What it does is converts the, all the digital channels to one channel that you can watch and play with that converter. But you are able to get your local television. And like you said, it's not just like it's local television. On your channel seven, maybe four or five other channels. That you have different programming, and under the CW one, there's three or four. You know, there's uh, what is it? Something called Me TV, and 
You've got MeTV. You've got Cozy TV. You've got Antenna TV. Decades. Not just, not just three. Three. Uh, there's a retro TV out there. There's a. There's a ton of these channels all over the place. There are digital sub channels. And when the repack occurs, uh, rather than having channels go up the air, channels uh, owners will share space with other owners to keep the, keep channels on on television. So you're going to see a lot of that coming up in August. I wasn't think they're nice taking. When, oh, wasn't it nice when TV was just TV? Just turn it on and watch it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think they are going to be taking some channels away in some markets. Who's talking to? With the, uh, with I, got, I, got a, I got a question to ask, uh, ask uh, Jeff. Yes? What was the first on-air commercial in 1941 on television? I... I really couldn't tell you. I, I have no idea. Store, wasn't it? Well, I happened to hear it the other day. A guy was giving some history. Was um, I forget a station in New York City uh, during a I forget which game it was. Was it the Yankees or somebody's on TV? And it was a Timex watch or a Bulova watch. Bulova. That they yep. showed the watch with the name Bulova, and it was on for ten seconds. That was the first paid yeah. commercial on TV. I wow. ran that the other day on Tim before Tim's show. Uh, What's that thing you do? Something America. Profile oh, America. Profile Tim America. Did that. Tim did it. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Tim did that Bill, yesterday. Bill ran it earlier, too, at night. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I forgot yeah, where I heard it myself. Right. But $12 right. And Tim had that on uh, Bill's show, right? Where I heard it, right? Yeah. It was a Monday morning show, right? Uh-huh. If, we, if we could only go back in time, Bill, uh, I always I always, I had a dream that when I turned on my television set, it was like 1953 and I was watching Howdy Doody in the afternoon on Channel 4. <laughs> Can't, we, unfortunately, we can't do that. But, With Cowboy Bob. But, but You're right. Not, you got I, it. Uh, I still have a Boulevard Braille watch. So I, don't have, I don't have a Boulevard Braille, but I got a Boulevard Accutron. When they come out with that, one of the guys where I worked, he came in one day and he said, uh, was one of the members, he said, Bill, he said, you want to watch? And I said, uh, yeah, what kind of watch is it? He says, here, I don't like the dumb thing. He said, it's a new bull of Acatron when they first came out. It's 14 karat gold with gold hands and the whole thing. So he just gave it to me. And that thing like then went about 400 bucks. He just handed it to me and said, here, it's yours. <laughs> I still got it. Wasn't there a watch that had a tuning fork in it? You could that's actually, the one. You could that's what the bull of Acrotron. That's, yeah, supposed to keep, that's supposed to keep very accurate time, Bill. That's supposed to be a nice oh, watch. Oh, it did. It did keep real accurate time. In fact, uh, I had a, another member that this guy was totally blind, and he uh, worked, in the, worked in the Board of Trade. But uh, he had a bull of Acrotron, and he bought it. And there was a jeweler here in Chicago that he was a great jeweler. He did stuff for me, too. But he took his bull of Acrotron, took the top off, and reformed it time. It put a hinge on it and put the, put gold hands back on but reinforced the hands. And he put little little um, chips of uh, diamonds at 12, 3, 6, and 9. And the guy could just, you know, guess, roughly guess the time when it was like 5 after 9 or 10 after 9 or what it was. But he redid his watch for him for that and made it braille. I always remember my, my dad had a... A pocket watch in a hunting case, and he had the face taken off of it. My dad was blind also, and uh, he had the face taken off of it, and um, when he brought it in to the jeweler to get, get it cleaned, the jeweler gave it back to him and said, I did you a favor. I put a new face on your watch. Oh, no. 
Well, this guy, this guy hinged it for him. You know, it's just like a regular Braille watch. Yeah, he, well, this uh, was a this was a hunting case, and it, it right, had right, a just, hinge uh-huh. cover. So right, it had that metal cover over it. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Doug, I'm going to play this for you. We have a radio station we here in Indianapolis. It was called Fox Sports 97.5, and it was aligned because it was a standalone translator on FM to 1260 AM. Well, all of a sudden, we got up Monday morning, and 97.5 was there, but it said... Well, it was saying this. Let's see if I can get this to play. Doug wants to hear this. It gets a little close to the antenna here, Doug, so maybe I'm not sure. Well, don't tell me. Expect you to hear the Dan Patrick Show. Fox Sports Indy has moved. Listen now. Tune your radio to 1260 AM or listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search for Fox Sports 1260 AM Indy Sports Station. It does this 24 hours a day. And it's, I guess, to drive listeners back over to AM. I don't know how an AM station is going to do very well with that because the AM stations are kind of down right now. But but that's what's going on. I've never seen this happen quite this way. Looks like, Jeff, we got a question from Mark or comment. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, yeah, the reason I was calling in today, I wanted to give you a little uh, bit about I'm uh, a baby confirmed core cutter here very soon. And my experience... Uh, I had this TV, a friend gave it to me, you know, it doesn't talk and all that. So I told my wife, I got to get an antenna. So I went and got an antenna and brought home, couldn't figure out how to get it. I tried to call Ira. They couldn't help me because I had the wrong remote. So, well, I finally found the right remote here. So I said, well, the only thing I can do, I bought the antenna Best Buy. So I took the antenna and the TV over to Best Buy. It's a 32-inch. And they helped me hook it up. So uh, I get uh, 42 channels with the antenna. It's just sitting behind my TV. Is the antenna one of those square, flat, uh, plain antennas, Mark? Yeah, I think so. It's just it's on a stand, and uh, the stand makes it curve out. I have it facing the window. And we get QVC on channel 50.4. I, I thought it was on over-the-air stuff, but I wasn't sure. But every now and then you get a glitch. You know, it'll, it'll cut off for a second or so and then come back. You will, you'll find that if a plane goes overhead or something like that, that that's when you'll notice that happening, Mark. Okay, but so, reception is very steady, and it's going to save me $44 a month. So, uh, do you, you know. Yeah. Do you get any voice at all out of this television no uh and the the disappointing thing is uh i don't i don't find uh uh, audio description on here it may or may not have it but try to look up the model number on the uh web and whatever they read it doesn't correspond with any type of brand this tv is what brand television is it again mark it's a magnavox i'm i'm surprised it doesn't have 
audio description, and it may, and I just can't find it. Uh, how much? Did you, uh, how much did you pay for the TV? If I, I might have friend, I didn't pay nothing. Okay, because I can tell you that the 32-inch Fire TVs uh, were available on Amazon, also available on at Best Buy, and I don't know if they're still available at that price. But during Prime Day, they were available for ninety-nine dollars. Well, and depending oh, on how old that. Depending on how old the TV is, somebody can get in the menu and turn that secondary channel on for you so that if there is video description on a channel, you would get it. Yeah, yes, the that's problem. the only thing I'm going to miss because I had guide narration and all that. But um, I didn't like the guide. I had the guide narration in one room, and I was fortunate to have the Roku box in the other room because they don't offer the Roku box. And I liked it in some ways, and I liked guide narration in some ways. But the, the guide narration was speaking too much, and, I, and he said he didn't know of any way to change that. There is, if you have Spectrum, there is no way to change that, Mark. Um, if you had Spectrum for your cable or for yeah. charter, there is you, yes. you can't you can't change the verbosity. You cannot change the speech rate or the speech volume on on their guide narration. However, it's quite descriptive and lets you know what's on yeah. each channel as you ch- as you tune from cable channel to cable channel. The Roku, on the other hand. Is terrible. Their voice is just horrible on that thing, and, and I I can't stand it. But I have it because they gave it to me because we had we didn't have guide narration. And when I when I got the guide narration box for the cable, I asked if they wanted, and they didn't want the Roku back. So I have a, a Roku that I use for certain things, and I use the the cable for other things, and I have other ways of watching certain other things. So, you know, that's part of the problem with with this stuff. But uh, but at least you're cutting the cord and saving some money, right? Yeah. Well, one thing I like about the Roku is when you get a program. It tells you how much has gone by and how much you got left. I like that. Yeah, yeah Tim, what did you want to say? I was going to mention that you probably don't want to turn on descriptive video permanently. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you want to know how to turn it off because sometimes stations use that for like Spanish translation. Well, that's, of that's stuff. what happened during the World Series. Uh, yep, we yep, had to exactly. Because it got Spanish all the time, and I yeah. didn't know how to shut it off. You know what's even more annoying is when you're watching a program and it's in stereo, and you have to turn on the descriptive video, and the and the, and all of a sudden the descriptive video is only in one channel, and it sounds terrible. Yeah, oh, man. But I thought I'd let you know my results. I had I had to actually bring this, so I got one other TV in the in the bedroom, but it's smaller. But I'll bring it over to Best Buy this time when I go buy the antenna. That's why, if you want to enjoy descriptive video, you really need to watch it on Amazon Prime or Netflix because it's downloaded as part of the show instead of another channel, and then they don't mess it up. Yeah, I also like that stream player on uh, on uh, Alexa. That's kind of neat. I haven't fooled with it too much, but uh, but I works. thought I would just call in and share my experience with you because. Uh, uh, but I, I'd say I, save a little bit of money, Mark. Buy one of those Amazon or um, whatever the Best Buy calls. Oh, fire. oh, I wanted to ask one more question, and I'll let you go. Okay, what is the difference between the Fire TV Cube and the Fire TV? I wondered if I could use the Cube to do what I wanted to do. Well, I suppose, and maybe Jeff is better at this than I am, but. The Fire TV, it's all in one. You don't have to have a separate component. Everything is just built into the television. And um, the 
Cube, Jeff. Have you had experience with the Cube? I've never had any experience with the Cube, but one of the things that you have to have, and I'm not sure how old your TV set is, Mark, you have to have um, HDMI, or they call HDMI inputs on your television set, or else, you, or else you're dead in the water, basically, um, yeah. in a sense. But for what you pay for a Cube, you could get that television to do the, just the basic standalone television. And if you had a Fire TV stick, if you had a fi- if you have an HDMI port on your, on your television set, you could get the Amazon Fire Stick, which is a which is a little, a, a, it looks kind of like a like a, a it's like it's a stick. And you yeah, plug I that have in. one. I have one in the bedroom. Okay, but certainly you could probably put that in the living room and it would do the same thing. Yeah, if you want to get I, a second one. The only trick is unless your TV is easy to tell is being able to tell which input you're on so you can switch off the fire stick back to your regular TV. See, since it doesn't talk at all, it really... Right, so see, the, yeah, that, that's part of the disadvantage that, you've got. That's another... Yeah. One, one unit, the one unit with one remote, I can control the volume. I can listen to all my radio stations. No problem from the Echo, my Audible books, and go back and watch all my movies, television, news, whatever I want to watch. And it just works. And it just makes it simpler, simpler, simpler. Um, yeah, you want me. as simple as you can. I'm saying, saying you know, that. Because I'm just not that smart. So it makes it easy for me to watch all of the channels of baseball, whatever I want to watch. And and I can do whatever. Thanks. Could Mark. you do the same thing with Apple TV or not? Well, you go right back into the same thing again. The Apple TV works fine, but then you've got another component to add to your television, and you could do it. Um, you could do it, but it's going to require an Apple TV plus your television, and you could oh, I do see. it, and it. I've always found the remotes and the Apple TV to be a little clunky. So I would recommend one, 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 one unit, do it all. I see what you're saying. I agree. Julie McCullough has her hand raised, Bill. All right. Uh, yes. Go, what okay. is the difference between the fire and the fire stick? Um, the fire TV and the fire stick? Yeah, I mean, he was talking about a fire cube. Is a fire cube the same thing as a fire stick or not? No, but... No, it, it's not, not a... a <laughs> oh, between those two. Right. A fire stick is a small stick that you put in the port on your television, and it... It's not quite as integrated to the television, depending upon what type of television you have, that you have to know how to get it over to the inputs if your television talks or not. Once you get it set up, it works quite well, but it, it, the Fire Cube can integrate with your television a little bit better, and wouldn't you say so? Jeff, the fire cube. Well, I guess the way you... they advertised it, yeah, it's supposed to be able to interact with your with your TV, and you're supposed to be able to, in some cases, be able to use your DVD players and stereos and all that stuff from the cube. It's supposed to be like a oh, entertainment center thing. But I don't. Oh, so it is kind of a television thing. 
Well, it's a little bit. It's it's a box. But for whatever reason, they don't get the greatest reviews. Well, at first it wasn't real, real accessible. Right, it was not. And And I don't know if they've changed that, but it wasn't as accessible as the fire stick. What kind of TV do you have, Julie? I don't know. It's one that Virginia got, and um, she's got to look and find out what kind it is. Somebody has a fire stick that they have never used, and I told her if she'd find out what kind of TV it is, and she isn't sure she still has a cord for the TV, but we're going to look through our cords and see. Did your um, television talk? I don't. It's a smart TV, but I don't know if it talks. Yeah. I would say it may not talk. I think. I think she got it maybe around twenty. 13 or 14, maybe. I'm not sure. So I don't know if they would have had ones that talked back then or not. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Uh, this is Bill in Chicago. I got a fire cube on my TV, uh, just a regular TV. Um, when I got the fire cube, my old TV didn't have an HDI or HMI plug. So my grandson had a TV that he had for the last five years. It had an HMI plug on the side. And so he gave it to me, and with the fire cube, I've had no problem. I get all the stations I want, and also there is a setting on the fire cube that's called talkback. It'll make your TV talk back to you. It'll convert the TV to talkback. When you set up the fire cube, I don't know if the fire stick works that way, but under the fire cube, uh, you can go into it, and under settings, there's a place called talkback. And the TV will talk to you about everything. It'll tell you what what site you're on. It'll tell you the uh, channel you're on, uh, what channel you're looking for. And if you're looking at a movie, you click on the movie, and it will give you the rating and the playtime and the flight description of the movie. It'll do all that. Cool. Bill, on the, we have on the, uh, on the smart cube. We have a, we have Jerry who's had his hand raised for a while here, so um, I I can I can get to Jerry in a second. Okay. For some reason, Jeff, you were muted for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do it. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay. Uh, another thing you got to watch for with descriptive video, let's say if you're uh, watching sports and you have SAP on, like well, if I watch the Pirate games, uh, the only thing you get is the commercials. Uh, well, if I watch AT&T Sportsnet, or you get the crowd noise, but no broadcasters. That's unusual. I can't understand why they would do that with descriptive video, Jerry. That, that makes no sense. I, oh, I like watching the football games the, where you get the announcers in Spanish and the commercials in English. <laughs> well, like at the end of an inning, you know, when a commercial comes on, you can hear that. But then when the game comes back on, it's just silent. All right. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's why it's important that you do that. Um, but... You set that, but yeah, if you have your television, the the cube would be the next best thing that that you could use from Amazon to to get your programming and to go from there. Um, not everything, I mean, prices are prices. You're still going to pay for if you want to watch your CNNs and your ESPN and and those type of channels. So those. You're still going to have to pay for, and there are tons of services out there. 
that one of the things we're learning too, Bill, is that a lot of companies are now competing for your for your dollars. So, for example, if you do want to cut the cord, for example, you watch Netflix, just as an example. AT and T is coming out with a new streaming package called, I believe it's going to be called HBO Plus. And uh, so, like, if you like the show Friends and it's available on Netflix, that's going away. A lot of a lot of Netflix is under intense competition. AT and T is going to have its streaming service called HBO Plus. There's going to be a streaming service called Disney Plus. So you're going to have a lot of choices if you want to cut the cord. So ultimately, if you try to pick up all these different streaming services, you might pay more than what you were paying for with cable, or something close to what you were paying for with cable. So the buyer beware, beware of when you cut the cord, what you're willing to spend for these various streaming services. Because that's because that's what it's going to be intense competition coming around the pike. No doubt about it. It's going to be real expensive. Um, the services like Hulu now have gained a lot of traction because they're finding out it's not so many channels that you have. They like the fact that they've got all these live programming and movies and shows and. You can go back and watch all the episodes of shows, and that's what they're finding. They're calling them now skinny bundles. So TV is ever, 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 ever changing. And it will be changing again and again and again and again. Anyone else got any comments on or questions about television before we start talking about... I knew the only thing I was going to say, Bill, is that at some point, the only question people are going to be asking, and I don't think that the government will allow this to happen, but could there be a day when over-the-air television goes away and you're forced to have some sort of streaming service to get your television? Could that be a, could that be coming down the pike? I don't think it will happen immediately because I think if, if, if companies try to do that kind of thing, such as your local channels like WABC in New York or WLS in Chicago, uh, I think that Congress and the government will step in and say, no, 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 we can't do that. There still has to be over-the-air television. But, it, but, but I guarantee you that there are people who are already thinking about that in the horizon. Yeah, and you're you're going to still find local television. It's just how you watch that local television, and but it, it's it's still going, it's still going to be there. There's services like um, Sling TV that have got a new box oh. or software that they're introducing that will allow you to watch your local television. But of course, then at that point you. Got to start paying for it, and you know. But these antennas work for the most part, work work fairly well for that. But what people don't understand is when they cord cut, all they are going to get is local TV and some of the of of the sub channels. You're still not going to get if you like Hallmark or if you like all of those other things. At some point, you're going to have to find something so that you can watch those shows if that's important to you. If you're satisfied with local TV and the news and what you can get, well, then that's great. Um, 
I know. Well, here's the other thing that's coming out, Bill, is that AT&T is going to come out with a box like uh, like your Roku, and you'll be able to watch the AT&T television services that way. And hopefully, because it's on an Android, they're probably using the Android operating system. Hopefully, they won't lock it down, and you'll be able to make that accessible. I can't answer the question because they haven't given us more information about it, but, but we know that that's on the horizon for sometime next year. And, Jeff, the, the other thing is people that are doing cord cutting are holding out for this, and this is changing, is the fact that we won't necessarily be getting our Internet from people like Comcast or Verizon Home, um, AT&T or Spectrum, or how you get it, this 5G home network or the 5G that they're rolling out this year. They just bring a little box and you get it from home and you get it a lot cheaper and you don't have caps on your, you know, a lot of um, Internet companies put a cap on how much you can download or what you can do. So there is going to be changes. Well, I know they're already rolling out and building the 5G network here in the Albany, New York area, right? I was talking to JR, and I know they're putting towers uh, in Schenectady. They're also putting towers in my area because you've got to have a lot of towers for 5G service. Right, so it's, it's coming. It's coming to where you just do that. In fact, we're checking the availability in our area. And I now when I go back to Florida, we're putting in a new system there, which... You have one little box in the house, and you don't have to have any cords for any of the televisions or anything else that you can watch your televisions. There's no wires, nothing nothing like that anymore. You don't have to have cables from room to room or anything like that. So it's it's all changing. I just got a message from JR telling me to get out and enjoy my neighborhood. You're so right, JR. You are so right. I totally agree. Yeah. So it's changing, and it's it's changing fast. Well, we've got one other thing that's changing I read about. And, Jenny, you might comment on this, too. Jenny is higher on this than I am. It's a new phone that's supposedly going to be out in September. And it's called Blind Shell. And you say, well, blind shell, what is blind shell? Well, it's a telephone for people who don't want to use an iPhone but need a smartphone. And according to the description, the best I could tell, I mean, I heard it, it's a phone with buttons. You don't have to swipe around the screen or whatever, and you have a main menu, and you can... You know, send your text, you can uh, read your voicemail, you can make voice dialing calls, you can check the weather, you can dictate your text. Um, it also will have um, a radio service where you listen to radio stations. Um, did you hear other programs it might have, Jennifer? I know a calendar. They didn't say a lot about what, but they said they were working on lots of other apps and one that would be able to, so that you could read um, mail and things like that if you needed to read things. And I know they're trying to get BARD included so you could download your BARD books. Um, but yeah, and Audible like and 
But it's kind of cool because it's completely accessible. And when the demonstration, you know, they they just even talk to it, and you could go to any of the main menu items on the on the home screen. And it had a pretty good voice. If that's the voice they're going to use, it sounds like the lady that's in the Google things. So it's it, it it's a new phone. It costs three hundred and forty nine dollars. It's a one time payment. They plan on making major updates once or twice a year. The carriers and, and they already know it's unlocked for AT and T and T Mobile and Sprint. And they're working on Verizon, um, Boost. They work with. So it's just it. it's just a basic phone you can type on it of course with that keyboard would you have to use the um the method like you use on the victor stream the i suppose if you were going to actually type but it sounds like you would be able to tell it to send a text because you can tell it to call numbers if you want to right so it's a it's a pretty nice phone neat phone for the concept of it i mean i've already steeped into the iphone for myself but if but i know they said they were working on getting it to work with like the transportation things like uber and, and Lyft, Lyft. And- right so you could do that this is kind of like a like an updated glorified jitterbug phone in a sense if you remember correctly remember that one remember that one Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's for people who, for whatever reason, need the abilities of a smartphone, but they either don't have the dexterity to use a touchscreen or don't want to. It's also has an FM radio built into it. Um, did I hear him say Spotify or one of the music services? But you've got your menu right there, and you can use the arrow keys and to do that. Hey, Bill, is it iPhone adaptable or just uh, Android? It didn't say, but I know they can You know it's not iOS. It. You know it's not iOS, so it'd have to be Android. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm almost sure it's Android. Yeah, well, what's the site? What's the website? I'd like to read about that myself. Uh, blindshell.com, or just go to Google and type in blindshell. Okay. And, and we have a hand raised from, uh, what's her name, out in, uh, I believe, either Ohio or Florida. Shirley uh, just has her hand raised. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I've heard a couple interviews about that phone. It does sound quite fascinating. I hope it's going to work with Verizon, but they're not sure yet. Um, they also said besides... Um, I think it, 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 besides actual radio, it's also going to be able to get Internet radio. Yeah, that's what um, they're saying. And um, there are two models of it from what I understand. There's the one with the keys, and then there's another one that has a touch screen um, for the people who want that. So there's uh, the that one might they be call a different class, one because be a different phone because this one didn't say anything about. Yeah, it is, but it's from the same people. Oh. There's there's the classic which has the keypad, and then there's another one that they're calling the Baroque Two, or something like that, or the Two Baroque, whichever it is, and that has um, a touch screen on it. I think and that's a both... different company than this one. Pardon. I don't know. 
I think that's a different company than this one. They only talked about having one phone that they haven't even released yet. Okay, the the stuff that I've seen, um, there are two phones. They have been released in Europe. They just haven't been released in the United States and Canada. They're going to be released here. Um, at least the, the one is that you were talking about is supposed to be released here in September. I don't know if they're, uh, you know, September, October, something like that. I don't know if they're releasing the other one here. I know the other one has been released in some other places, the one with the touch screen. But I'm not sure if that one is coming here as well, you know, at the same time or if they're putting it out for the United States. It sounds like they're a little behind schedule, Shirley, because they talked about this phone last year. We would we I don't I don't know if we talked about it there on the uh, on 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 the coffee club, but it's the talk about this phone has been around for a while, and I think they are a little behind schedule. Well, they were. I heard an interview um, that was done at the NFB convention, besides the ones that they have you know, um, online, on YouTube and stuff like that. But Blind Bargains did an interview with one of the guys at the NFB convention. And at that point, anyway, he said it should be out in about two months. That That's the most current thing I've heard. Now, whether that's going to happen or not, I don't know. But that's what he was saying then, which All right. was just like a couple weeks ago. All right. Thank you very much, Shirley. Appreciate that input from you. And... Uh... Did you have a question, or did you want to say something, Julie? Because I saw your hand raised for a second. Yes, and I, I didn't lower it, but it did lower, I guess. So I figured you guys had lowered it. We so did. Will you, will, you, <laughs> will you be able to um, do searches on it or shop with Amazon or do things like that on it? That remains to be seen. Uh, they, I, I heard the same podcast or the same information that Bill talked about. We can't answer that question yet, Julie. I I don't know that they didn't even talk about that from what I from what I heard. So that that is, that is a question that we we all have to find out. Okay, Hi. Julie, I I lowered your hand, but I saw it. I was going to recognize you. Well, thank you. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> I think Shirley has another re-comment. What happened to my headphones? Here? I lost I lost headphones here. Oh. Let's get Shirley back in. Hold on just a second. I got it. Go ahead, Shirley. Okay, just a quick question. I don't know if any of you guys know this or not, because I haven't seen anything about this part yet. I'm partway through the manual um, on that phone, but I haven't seen anything yet about whether you're going to be able to actually um, add apps to it, you know, like if you want to be able to... Uh, you know, do use some kind of podcasting app or anything like that that's not on there. Have any of you guys seen if there's going no, to be no. the ability to add your own apps? Based upon what I've seen, no. They add them for you. They were doing them based upon uh, users' requests. Okay. Thank you. All right. The searching, I think maybe you might be able to do. But the adding of your own apps, no. It's 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 an Android phone. We know that, or it's and we don't we, we don't have enough information about it. To actually, I mean, I would love to play with it, but I really don't want to spend three hundred and forty nine dollars to play with something that I won't. I know I won't use that particular phone myself. But uh, maybe if uh, we can get maybe maybe they'll give us the phone to review, Bill. But I don't know if they can do that. Maybe we can maybe we can talk them into that. Until so we can tell them all about the. The phone and and that kind of stuff. Um, any other comments before? Let's see what time it is here, Jeff. It's nine fifty three. Okay. Yeah. Any other comments? I'm 
Just sitting I got there. a quick question. Real quick question, Bill. Sure. Uh, the other day I was uh, listening to something on, I forgot where it was, on the computer. Or maybe it was on, have you ever heard of the OCR called the My I2? It's an OCR reader that works similar, I guess, to uh, you put this little camera, it fits on any glasses, and you can read print material, labels. It, it won't guide you, but it's uh, called, oh, it's a My I2 is the website, OCR My I2. That's the number two after my eye. And but the thing of it is, it's like thirty eight hundred and fifty bucks. Amazon sell for twenty eight fifty. But it's a new device just come out. It's um, you know, it was, I, I looked it up on the website, and Steve Harvey, Doctor Phil, a bunch of top name eye doctors have recommended it, and that's for uh, blind people or people with low vision to use. It'll read newspapers, uh, read anything. You just clip it on the front of you to read. Can't say that I've heard of it. I don't. I know. haven't either. I know. Yeah, I just I just saw it yesterday. They. I just I just happened to hear of it on. Uh, somebody was talking about it on uh, on uh, called and mentioned on WGN radio. I think and that's. I just talked that's about it. So I went in the website and I read about it. I think that's part of Orcam. I don't want to cut you off, Bill. We have a, because we have a, Dave's demo to get to, but we have a quick question right, I know, from, I know, but I just from Julie. Mention that. From Julie McCullough. Yes, and, and and we can talk about this after the demo. But have any of you ever tried any of those bone conduction? headphones or glasses and if you have what do you think about that okay we can do that phones you're talking about julie you're talking about the stuff from ira what well i mean ira has the glasses but they're but they do you remember those little speaker kind of things and you put them on a box and then they made made the speaker and would make your the sound come out these are things that they use the bones of your skull to be kind of the speaker. Yeah, you put the headphones behind your ears. Yeah. Right. Uh, Bose has a pair of lens like that. Yeah. And that's and induction. I think there are other companies that have them. They're called bone conduction. Induction. Yeah, you're right. I'm using a pair right now. And do you like them, Chris? I love them. What kind do you have? Um, aftershock. Uh huh. By the way, for those who just quickly, Bose is coming out with the next generation of these glasses, and they're going to have a camera in them, and they will be able to be integrated with Ira. But that that we know is, but they're not out yet. But they will be coming out, which will make things a lot easier. And you won't have to, you may not have to spend six hundred dollars for uh, for Ira glasses at that point. That, but that's the news that came out of the conventions, from what I understand. But aren't Bose things pretty expensive? Yeah, but they're in the two hundred dollar range, so three hundred dollar range rather than six hundred dollars. They are cheaper, and they oh, sound okay. good because I have a I have a Bose store here in Albany, New York, at, at the shopping mall, and I put, I put those glasses on, and they sound great. As matter of the guy said to me, "You should use this glasses; they look better on you than the other ones I chose for you." So, but I didn't want to buy them at the moment, but they <laughs> will work. So, you know, what cool. can I say, Jeff? What we're going to do now is. We're going to take a two-minute pause for the cause, come back, and we're going to do something totally different for Dave's demo today. You've really all got to stay around and listen because we've never done this before. So we're all going to be a part of it. 
Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will to know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Well, here we are back again. And welcome to part number two. Usually we do a live demo, something Chris and Dave has prepared, but they're in a little lull right now and things didn't break the way maybe they should have so they could have done a new demo of their grill they'll tell you about that in a minute but today we're going to do this a little bit different we're going to ask dave a series of questions about things around the house or wherever and he's going to tell us the best way to fix these things or what to do and you can participate in on that too by calling our number and chris will give that to you And if you've got a question or if you want to stump Dave or put him on the spot, that's going to be our segment today on the live demo section. Are you prepared to go, Dave? Uh, We're ready. As ready as we're ever going to be. Dave, get get those cue cards out. (laughs) And And get that phone number out, Chris. I have it. Go ahead with that phone number. The phone number is 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. You will be asked for a meeting ID, which is 848-725-450. That's 848-725-450. Press pound. You'll be asked for a user ID and press pound one more time. And then in you are. Now, Dave, let's start with you. I got my refrigerator here, and for whatever reason, it's got one of those ice and water filters on it in the bottom of the refrigerator. 
It's kind of hard to get out, but I haven't changed it in a while. And the light came on, maybe a city didn't see it. A, do I have to call Whirlpool to order another one, or is there a place like Discount Filters? Is it hard to put on, or should I change this automatically every year? Well, usually they like to do the people to do it about every six months, and it sometimes can be a little less than six months because depending on how much you know how much ice you make or how much water you you use from the refrigerator. As far as as far as changing it, it's not hard. Um, well, first of all, you you can buy the filters. I'm sure you can get them on Amazon, but um, if you want ones that work correctly, you're better off to order them from uh, like Whirlpool or whoever your refrigerator is. But they're very easy to change, um, you know, because it's like a round cylinder. And it's probably about four inches long, maybe a little bit more, depending on the size of the filter they're using. And all you do is you turn... Take a hold of the filter and you turn it counterclockwise, and it'll it'll go so far and it'll stop. Then you pull the filter out, pop in the new one, and turn it clockwise to lock it. So it's pretty simple. I had one that you had to save the cap on. You had to take the cap off and put it back on the next one. It was like a little handle in one of the ones I had. Well, that's so if you if you wanted to use it without the filter, you can put that cap you you could put a you can put a cap on where the filter was and you would put the cap in the place of the filter and then you could use it without the filter. I had a GE refrigerator and what happened to mine was and I should I probably should have changed it, but I think I waited about a year or more to change the filter and then when I wanted to unscrew the filter like you like you were talking about Dave it was a little stuck because uh, you know the water gets hard and maybe maybe that was causing the problem. I did finally get it to, to change, but it took a little effort to unscrew that, that filter from the uh, from its holder in the refrigerator at the time. Well, there's there's like little rubber gaskets in the refrigerator, and it does make it a little bit tight to, un, you know, to turn it counterclockwise or clockwise. And, and of course, the filter has a little rubber gasket in there as well, because you don't want anything leaking out of there when you're you know, drawing water or, or making ice or whatever, and uh, so it would it would it cause your refrigerator harm if you just put that cap on there and didn't put a new filter in it? Well, the only thing it could do if you have if you have hard water, um, eventually it could it could plug up, it could cause you some problems because then your uh, water lines or whatever may get plugged up, and don't think you want to get into that. Okay. I'm. I will, I'll save my question. And we'll, well, what about like the if you? I know some people put a filter on their main water line. Well, it depends on where you put it because some they make filters that go on your sink faucets. They do make um, filters to put in your water line. But the only thing I can tell you about that is if you have that filter in the water line, it lowers your water pressure. How true. Bill, you had your yeah. hand raised. Do you have a question or one of the comments yeah, on this? Yeah, the only thing I was going to make a comment. When you change that filter in the refrigerator, do like, don't do like a friend I did. Make sure you shut the water off to that refrigerator because you're going to have water everywhere when you take the filter out. At least his did. 
Yeah, and the new also, one, the new ones don't the new ones don't do that because it's oh, so, okay, well so this is an old refrigerator. I haven't I got a new refrigerator and I haven't had to change mine yet. And also, you're right though, uh, the whole water line or the whole house water filter system, they're okay. But you got to remember, every time you flush your toilet, you're running you're you're running filtered water down through the toilet, which you, which most people want to do. You want to have a plumber come in and maybe connect it only to your drinking water or your cooking water, but like to the toilet and the shower and stuff, you run a separate line from that so it doesn't go through your filter. Yeah, that way you, yeah. You, you, Right. <laughs> it's, it's a little plumbing job you have to do if you really want to do it right so you're not wasting filtered water through your toilet every time you flush it. I don't I think the a, toilet needs flood, filtered water. I have a question for you talking about uh, talking about things that you, that you, that you have to maintain. Um, if, if you, I had a house and I had a gas hot water heater, I'm just curious to know if if there's anything that I should do when I own the house, which I didn't do. But but is there anything I should do to maintain that hot water heater, or is that does it if it, when it goes, it just goes, and you just got to get a new one? Well, there's a couple things you can check uh, because whether it's gas or whether it's electric, um, if you look at the top of the water heater where your lines go in to the top, and right. Right in about the middle of the top of the water heater, there's a, there's a, it's like a, it feels like an oversized head on a bolt. And that is a cap. And there's a, what's called a magnesium rod that goes down from the top of the water heater down to the bottom of the heater inside. And um, I've encountered problems where that magnesium rod, um, especially if you have a well and you've got a lot of hot, hard water, that magnesium rod will just rust off, and then it drops down inside the heater. So, you know, um, but if you look around the top of the heater, check and see if there's any rust um, because after a water heater gets to be 10 years old, maybe a little more, you can get that rust on the top of it. And then you got to start kind of keeping an eye on the water heater because um, you could have the, the a rust out on the bottom of the heater. And then, of course, then you're going to wind up with water everywhere. So whenever you see problems like that, then you might want to have, uh, <clears throat> if you're mechanically inclined, you could probably change the water heater to a new one. But um, the recommendation would be to have somebody come in and replace it. You know, I had a hot water heater go for just one second, Bill, and I, I promise we'll get to you. I had a hot water. The day I'm ready to, you know, to sell the house, or, you know, talk, we're getting, I'm ready to be moving out of my house. My sister comes up and Sharon says, and I, and I didn't even know it because I, I was in, I was, I, she has, Jeff, what's all this water in the garage? And I said, I don't know, Sharon, because it wasn't there when I got up this morning because I had taken the garbage out and I, I, I put trash cans back in part of the garage. And she says, oh, my God, your hot water heater just went. And water was leaking all over. And you know what it's like? You can't repair. I mean, I'm not, you know, you know what I mean, Dave. And I'll say it because I always joke around with you guys. When in doubt, higher up. When a water, hot water heater breaks like that, you can't fix it. You have to replace it. And I had no choice because when I was selling the house, I had to make sure that, that I had a working hot water heater. So it was an expense that I really didn't want to incur, but I had no choice. Now, yeah. if go ahead, Bill. 
Yeah, I was going to make a suggestion. Uh, one thing uh, that was recommended to me year, several years ago by the chief engineer where I worked, he said your house, your hot water here in your house, you should every about every six months or at least every year turn the cold water uh, valve off on your hot water heater. Open one or two of your hot water faucets in your sink or your kitchen somewhere. And there should be a valve on the bottom of the refrigerator, like a drain valve. Hook a garden hose to that and run it into a, if you're in the basement or wherever you can, or if you're on the first floor, run it outside and drain the water heater completely. And then open the valve on the cold water side and flush water through the water heater about 10, 15 minutes, leaving the valve open on the bottom. And then shut everything up, leave your hot water faucet on, open upstairs or wherever it is, and then refill the water heater. That cleans a lot of the rust and sediment out of the bottom and stuff for you, and it'll last much longer. And it helps that magnesium rod from getting all rusted out, too. And, Dave, what about, what about hot water heaters that say they self-clean themselves? Can you tell me a little bit about that? That's a false okay. thing. They don't clean themselves. <laughs> no, they don't. Uh, that, they don't. Valve, that, that's just a selling gimmick. <laughs> that valve that Bill was talking about, the drain valve on on the water heater, normally is on the front of the heater, but it's down towards the bottom, very bottom of the heater. And yeah, you, and a garden you, hose will fit on it. Yeah, it will. You you, mm -hmm. you screw that knob off and or whatever you want to call it, and then screw the uh, a hose onto that. The only thing you got to remember, if you do that, whenever you fill. Whenever you turn your water back on to the water heater, you have to open the safety valve on the top of the heater because if you don't, it'll. You have to make sure you, if you don't open that valve, you'll get an air block. Well, that's why you leave the hot water. You can do that also. You can do either way. You can do that or just leave the hot water faucets open up in, in a couple places in the house. That'll force the air out also. But then when you will. start getting water out of the valve, you're gonna, it's, uh, it's it, filled off level. It will, but it won't come out as fast. Yeah, I mean, it won't come, but it will, it'll eventually come out when it gets the air pushed out of it, right? And once, that's once the way you, I do mine all the time, right? Yeah, once you well, start isn't seeing, there a certain order to how you have to drain it? Because I know somebody turned turned ours off and ended up burning the elements out in it or Well, something. you want to make sure you shut your water heater off. Don't, don't. In other words, if you've got a gas water heater, turn your gas all the way down. You don't have to shut it off entirely, but turn the thermostat on the front all the way back to zero or whatever so you, it doesn't kick on and start burning, or even with your electric when you still, you've got to turn that stuff back. There's steps you, you got to do when you do that. You I mean, you can't just you can't just go down and put the hose on the end of the thing and run it outside or run it to your basement floor drain. What were you trying to say, Dave? Yeah, if you have an electric water heater, which is probably what you have in, in Florida, um, you, you definitely need to turn that water heater off, either trip the breaker in the breaker box or somewhere where you can turn it off. And uh, because if you don't do that and you shut your water off, then it, it probably would burn up the, uh, the heating elements in the electric heaters. No doubt about it. And that brings me to the next question, Dave. When you leave for four or five months, I hear pros and cons on this. And that is, should I turn off my hot water heater or water in the house while I'm gone? In Florida. Well, I guess, you know, 
by rights, you probably should turn both off. But, you know, um, if, if you're in a place where there's a lot of cold weather and stuff like that, you might want to leave it turned on. But if you do, you know, you're always taking a chance that something might spring a leak and then you might wind up with some water damage, which you probably don't want. But, yeah, we... We've we've done that both ways. One year we turned it off. One year we didn't, um, and nothing happened. But it. it but it can because I know somebody that didn't turn it off, and they had a leak in their washing machine and had water everywhere when they got back. Well, and that that's another thing. Uh, if you're if you're not going to be there for a while, it's always a really good idea. Right above your washing machine or somewhere in around that area, there are you're either going to have one like a flip up and down valve with a flip up and down handle, or you're going to have two valves, and you want to turn those off so there's no water going into that washer because they're rubber hoses, and rubber hoses can leak after a few years. They they try up or they 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 don't last forever, you know. I got a question for you, Dave. Um, well, it relates to hot water heaters, but there a lot of advertising is going down these days, and you hear these home improvement shows on the radio or on television. And they're the new thing. Although I'm not sure how they work. They're, they're called tankless hot water heaters, and I guess the hot water heater is is uh, in like for example, if in the kitchen you'd have it, and it, it would be in your kitchen. If you wanted it in your bathroom, you'd have a separate unit for your bathroom, etc. Have you ever played with that, or you ever used a, a, a tankless hot water heater system? I haven't played with them. I know how they work. Um, uh, <laughs> the only thing I'd be a little concerned about is what that's going to do to the electric bill. But it may or may not save you some money. But what happens is. When you turn the water on in, say, the the sink, the water runs into what's called the water heater, even though it doesn't have a tank, and it runs over some coils, and then when that water comes back out, it's hot. So it, it's it's almost instant hot. Well, in theory, at that point, though, then if you had it for your shower, for example, you would not run out of hot water. Like like if you have a hot water heater and, and you may run out of hot water depending on the size of your tank, correct? So if you had that tankless system, you you may not run out of hot water when you're taking a shower. Right, because as long as that water is, is running through, you know, the, the heater machine, whatever you want to call that thing, um, the tankless heater, as, as long as water is running through it, you're going to get hot water. But it would always be on. It wouldn't kick off and on like your regular hot water heater would. It? From um, no, I I I think, and I haven't seen one of these, but I would assume there would have to be a valve so that as soon as it detects that water is being drawn from it, it would open the valve because otherwise, it, you know, turn it on because otherwise, or a sensor of some sort. Either way, yeah, right? It, it it would be running all the time. It only kicks on when you run the water through it. In other words, once once you stop running water, it shuts off. Because I've looked at them, and you yeah. can do them. In, you can do them with gas too. But if you do it with gas, you got to vent it out the side of your house. You can't run them through your chimney because they don't have enough updraft to do, to take the uh, yeah that's right. up to the roof. What we've been talking about here is was the electric heaters, but the gas is a little bit different because right. Of, I mean, they they come either way, but I'm just saying, you know, the electric ones they they actually shut off when you stop running water. 
the unit shuts off until you run water again. And then it kicks back on and heats the water up. The only thing of those, only problem with those, uh, like a guy told me, the only problem with them, it depends on how far away it is from your hot water, uh, like to your kitchen sink or your shower or that kind of stuff. Uh, you might raise your water bill if you're being charged water bill because you got to run it for a little while longer than if you got, say, a storage tank that might have the water already hot. Yeah, and that happens with the, with a lot of water heaters. And we have that problem. It takes, you know, maybe a gallon of water seconds get, or so yeah. before before the hot water before it gets hot. Yeah, you say you run almost a gallon of water out before you get hot water. Well, that's right. True. Right. I was going to mm-hmm. mention there are um, there are gas tankless water heaters too. I don't know much about them, but and how they work, but don't know. Um, what? That's all new technology. So there's a lot to learn on. The, uh, We've got a new thing. Well, I don't know if it's a new thing, but it came with the house. It's called the Halo which is some kind of system. It looks like a water system. It's out in the garage and on the house. Have you ever heard of a halo system? I guess they cost that, about 5000 That one I'm not familiar with. The only halo I'm familiar with is QVC's chargers battery. <laughs> well, there's that's also right. the, the wall thing that Roomba has. That's It has yeah. a halo setting. But yeah. now this is like a halo, and it's like... It makes your water real soft and supposedly cleans up your drinking water. Okay, that's uh, that's like a water filter. I mean, yeah. it's it's a big one, and you never have to use water salt or anything like that. Am I right, Jennifer? Yeah, that's what they say. That you, we don't have to put salt or chemicals in it. It has it in it. It's supposed to last a really long time. And it yeah. makes the water soft when you wash your hair in the shower. It's wonderful, and the everything gets makes more suds. And you mean you don't have to call Culligan Band? No, I don't have to call the Culligan Band. <laughs> it's almost like a Culligan water softener. It's just a different name for it. Halo works the same way as a Culligan. The, the... It, it softens all your water, and also built. You would mention about turn your water off when you go away, when you leave Florida, mm-hmm. or even your house there in Indianapolis. Uh, are you? I don't know what kind of house you guys are. A single house or a, a shared townhouse or condo in Florida? Because in most Florida, people don't realize house, yeah. if it's an individual unit, it's okay. But if you share it, but you have your own water system, your own water meter, you're better off to turn that off because if you had a major leak, and say you're on the second floor, the people on the first floor could sue you for damage because you didn't take care of the house. No, you follow me? Yeah, follow you. But fortunately, this is a single home. Oh, okay, we are. And that that's not a real issue it, to get things up. But it processes the water and does it. If you really like soft hair, that really does do that. Um, it, it It just does. Well, and especially in Florida, it takes that rotten egg smell out of it that you get sometimes in water in Florida if you just run it without yeah, that's anything. A, that's a real good indication that that water is hard, so you you would most likely, and especially in Florida because, well, you you definitely need some something. Oh, yeah. 
I like it better than the water softener I used to have before because it doesn't leave that, that grit like on your ice cubes and stuff like that because it doesn't have all that salt or, you know, that sediment that gets in the bottom of your coffee pot. And That'd be gross. <laughs> yeah. Steve, I have another question. It's a little bit different. For those who have forced hot air and whatever, how often should you replace the filters in your furnace or change them? Well, what I usually do, I, I know, well, and sometimes in the summer, especially, we, we live in an area here where we get a lot of dust from the railroad shops. And if you have windows open or anything like that, it builds up in your filters. So I usually change mine. I usually change it about three times a year. Uh, like in the fall, maybe in about the middle of winter, and then in in the summer, right before I'm ready to use the air conditioner. And it kind of pays to check them once in a while. And do you buy, do you have the disposable ones so that when you change them? Well, I had the disposable ones, so when I had to change, well, I just threw that one out and put and had a that, new filter and, and just slid it into place. That's right. Um, Most furnaces have disposable filters. There, there's different types and sizes, but they're. Disposable. Yeah, I've I have I've been was reading about that a little bit and saw that boy, some of them they have that are six inches thick. Yeah, I can believe that. Man, yeah, but <laughs> well, they made an electric one that I had on my the was the furnace that I replaced. It had one of these electric things. You know, Tim, you probably heard of ionizers. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. Well, they had one of those on it, and that thing was—it had the uh, the filter was built into that, and you couldn't replace it. And that thing was more trouble than it was worth. Yeah, we. Oh, they are. They I are. lived in a house that had one of those, and we didn't like it very well. I. The only thing that was kind of neat about it is you could wash it. Yeah. <laughs> but, and. And so you didn't have to ever go out and buy filters, but but they weren't very reliable. And uh, no, and I don't really think they ionized very well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I change my filters every three months. And there were and, and let's something related to that in a way. Maybe for those who are visually impaired don't don't know, there are a number of companies, but. If, if, like you or I was when I had the house, uh, I had a digital thermostat. And I really couldn't do anything with it, but my my wife at the time would fix the thermostat and do all that stuff. Can you guys recommend uh, any talking thermostats that are good for blind people and and uh, what your experience has been with them? Uh, I, I know there's a guy out of Minnesota named Harry. I forgot his last name who sells who sells Cohen. a talking thermostat. Yeah, Cohen, that's it. I've talked. He's a ham operator. I've talked to him before. So. Yeah, that's uh, talkingthermostats.com. Yeah. Right. That's what... Chris and I use here. We have the the uh, the model three thousand. I've been using one or the other of his thermostats for about seventeen years or so. And, and what great. what type of results have you had? Have you had any, ever had any problems with them at oh, all, guys? Wonderful. No, we've never had any problems. They're really nice, and he if is it, good. If you don't want the talking ones, Honeywell makes one. I've got uh, a house in Indianapolis, and my house here, they make one that's got. Uh, it just looks like a regular thermostat, except the uh, front of it, the thing clicks every two degrees, but the, the um, numbers are raised like the six or five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then uh, you can feel them, and you, you know, you can 
it's not braille, but it'll tell you where they are. And you can and you can click it two degrees, two degrees, whatever you want. It clicks. I've had that for oh, probably twenty years or more. And when I re- redid the house in Annapolis in a new furnace about twenty five years ago, you know, twenty years ago, I. Uh, put one in down there for you know, if anybody rents it and they have a low vision they can just they can feel that the uh, thermostat click these though you can program and i like them because that does save you some money oh and yeah right i know but that, this is just you know just another thermostat if you don't want to if you don't want to spend that kind of money for a talking one you can get these honeywell when you put a new furnace in i know they make a anything. talking one too because they yeah, offered they, to put one in our other furnace and that's yeah, that's something people ought to people ought to look at is um, some a lot of therm- furnace installers will offer you a choice of a talking thermostat um, and so make sure you let them know that you'd be interested in that when you're getting new equipment installed now Dave I have one quick question and I'm, I'm sorry I hope I'm not hogging it please let, if I am let me know um, I have an electric heat in my apartment and and it's a thermostat that doesn't need a not doesn't take any batteries so it's wired in and it works with these talking thermostats that they sell won't work with that kind of system correct it's not in other words my house had forced hot air when I owned it this apartment has baseboard heating and it's electric and I don't see any I don't know of any model of talking thermostat that will work with that because all the ones I've seen have the batteries have you know you put a you know what I'm saying have you know, that, that's all I can say. Maybe I'm maybe I'm not explaining it right, Dave, but the thermostat doesn't need to be powered by a battery. I know that talkingthermostat.com has some thermostats similar to that, but I don't know. I've, I've never used one, so I, I don't really know a whole lot about yeah, that. Yeah, and the, and the battery in the talking ones is for the talking part of the thermostat. They usually, uh, at least uh, the ones from TalkingThermostats.com usually take, is it four double A's? That's right, four. And well, they last, we, I, we we usually change ours about around Thanksgiving, somewhere in around there. They la- you know, they'll last a year. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, real quick, Jeff, your, your electric heat, that thermostat, just a standard thermostat. In other words, a talking thermostat should work on that because it only it only works on that low voltage going to the thermostat. The batteries in the talking thermostat, like I say, only controls the top part. Okay, it, I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, but yeah, it should it should work because that's just a standard thermostat. Okay, because I had a, is there maybe there's another kind of thermostat because when I had the house, if the batteries went dead, you couldn't control the thermostat, and of course the, there was a there was a there was a failsafe mechanism that so that you know your pipes wouldn't freeze because it would keep the house at a proper temperature, and it had to you had to replace the batteries to get that thermostat to work. That was what I had when we bought the house a, a number of years ago at the time. Well, yeah, so. that would work. Sure, your, your thermostat had, won't work if the batteries go dead. Your thermostat can't work, but it we does had have one a of those with our right. uh, security system that did that and we we didn't realize that the batteries were low and we were gone and it died and so of course and it wasn't controlling the thermostat at all and the house was cold now the talking thermostat will alert you um what is it two weeks before it thinks the battery's going to be dead yeah and you can check the battery um but i've never had any real problem with them does it also alert you when you should change your filter as well? Actually, yes, it does. It does, and <laughs> and to get rid of that message, you go and you hold in the no button for I think it's ten seconds or something like that, and that'll yeah, get it'll rid of clear that the message. message off. 
That's pretty. I'm Maybe you can do a demo of that. Before the, yeah, the break, I'm going to ask one more question. This is a problem I run into here or in, in Florida. Sometimes at night or whenever and I'm in a room and I need to scan something on my phone or do something, lighting conditions seem to be a problem. I've got lights. Is there things that you can do to make lighting better in a room for these type of phones? Well, now, you know, on... on on the iPhone, you can tell it to turn on the flashlight. Right, you can. And, and, and that seems to work because um, I know the last couple of days, Chris and I have been working in the garage a little bit, and uh, it's dark in there. <laughs> so, so Ira turns on the flashlight sometimes. <laughs> yeah, Ira will turn on the flashlight if they can. Um, otherwise, you know, they make some little... They make some little clip-on lights. They make well, there's all different kinds of lights, and then, um, you know, depending if if you, if the room has a chandelier, you might look into some some of the new LED bulbs. There's those stick-up lights too that you can get now. Yeah, I didn't know because sometimes we run into that problem, and I don't want to keep my light on my phone all the time. No, you oh, just no. turn but on. Sometimes them. you don't. Around here, we have people that turn on the lights on, so sometimes we don't know if they're on or not on. Yeah, a lot of times people will come and the light switch goes one way up, and they never. No, there there is. So most of ours though. are LEDs, and we didn't get real real bright ones because there is a light detector on your iPhone. Yeah, and you turn that on, and it, and it works pretty good. I have an app called Light Detector that I downloaded for the iPhone, yeah. and it, it works quite well. You know, well, the one in Seeing AI also works real It well. does. It works good. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work bad. You know, and in, in, in the scanning one, too, the voice dream scanner, that one works. It automatically turns on the light, you know, when you're... Uh, yeah, Tim, CAI will even indicate if the streetlights are out. If you go outside with it and point it, it'll even indicate streetlights because i got CAI on mine. If you want to make sure the streetlights come on on your block, you can go out. If you know where they are roughly, or you can just swing the phone around. It'll tell you if the streetlight is on or off. Well, we so have seeing is good. We have outside uh, lights that light our yard up at night, and there's... What is there, about 25 of them? Something like that. They're LEDs. And... Um, that, you know, you, I can use the uh, the phone, or well, we also have a couple of light detectors and things, and uh, to be able to tell whether they're working or not. What's a, now, do you have those LEDs on a timer so that in the daytime they go off the, with a photo cell, a photoelectric cell? Dave, how does that work with your outside lights? Ours, you can use either way. You can use it as the timer with the timer. We have it. Uh, we're using a photo cell. Where when it when it gets to a certain darkness, they'll come on, and then uh, when it becomes dawn and starts to get light, then they'll go off. Now, what happens if it's cloudy out? And like like yesterday, we had rain and stuff. Would the lights stay on all the time at that point? No, they would probably stay off as long and because it's got to be pretty dark before they come on. Okay, we have some of our light switches here. 
we have switches in more than one place that control the same light. <laughs> and that gets kind of hard sometimes to tell whether they're really off or on. I have that in my kitchen. My, my, I can control my kitchen light from... From my uh, from my uh, from my kitchen or from my living room, and I always tell people who come to visit, don't touch the lights, don't touch the lights at all. I'll handle it because because if I, the switch could be in one position on one side, on one wall and another position on another wall. Well, yeah, yeah. If, you can, if you can go through and figure out, and we've we've done this a few times. We have ours configured so, like, um, at our kitchen door, for example, we have it positioned because we have switches in three different places in our, when you walk in, first walk into our house, and they can be confusing. So we just played to the, with the switches till um, the, they're, they're down whenever the... Uh, Whenever the lights are off, the two the two switches aren't bad. The three switches are a real pain. Yeah, yeah, that can be a problem. We got that problem in Florida. Oh, there's a gazillion light switches, and one goes for the backlights outside on the lanai. One, you never know. Well, you know the way I work at two two way switch or three way switches. I did here in my house because I had my daughter. I finally got her to stop doing it. But I just, the off position on one of the switches, I just duct taped the bottom of it so you couldn't use it. You had to walk to the other part of the room and turn the light on. Well, that'd be one way to do it. That's the way to do it. You just duct tape it fast. And if people come in, they're not going to bother because you've got duct tape on or even any piece of scotch tape. I just said duct tape, but duct tape sticks <laughs> harder. Funny. If you just put like a little piece though. of scotch tape on the bottom of it, they're not going to flip that switch because the push is not going to go on. If you put it, you know, tape on there, it's going to hold it. I've done that a lot of times. I believe we have a question from Ellen or Joel or one of them. I have, go ahead. It's Ellen, I believe. I believe. And you're not muted. Sorry about that. It's me. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, well, I had that same problem around here. We have a switch here that controls the kitchen light. And I had that happen with our maintenance guy. He came in while we were going to fix something. <laughs> and I came back and the light was off. I didn't realize that he had turned it off from the switch by the door here. So I had to. So what I do now is I check to see which position's on. The, the switches so that way I know and then I can fix it the way I want it. <laughs> ah, very good. That's a pretty good. Thank you, Ellen. You're welcome. It is very, very good. Chris, I, I think it's almost time that uh, what, do we have another question? I'm not sure. No, no, that uh, Ellen just left the meeting. Okay, I think it's about time Chris does. Well, let's do this first. Let's do this first. Maybe we will. Well, you're listening to the Coffee Club, just letting everyone know on legendoldies.com, and we're always glad to have you as a listener. And you can call us at uh, at uh, 646-558-8656. That's 646-558-8656. And the meeting ID is 8, let's see, 828, no, 848-725-450, 848-725-450. Hit that pound key twice, and you're in like Flynn. And you're in like Flynn for a two-minute break. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. 
Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole, or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with money ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Well, Chris, I guess it's about time you did. You said you had a longer recipe. Well, it is a little bit longer. It's one you were asking for the other day. It's yeast raised donuts. Oh. And the thing about this recipe... I've made it before, and it's really good. It, I have two different glaze recipes at the end, so I'm going to give both of those. This makes approximately 12 three-and-a-half-inch donuts plus six donut holes. And if you have a set of biscuit cutters that are like, if you have like five or six in a set, I believe I used the third largest and the hole out of the biscuit maker. So what you have to do is cut your donuts and you'll automatically get six holes all right or 12 well you'll get you'll get six holes you'll get six donuts and then you might have to re-roll your dough to get the rest of them but anyway you scald a cup of milk and that just means that you bring it just to the boiling point not you have to be careful with it or it will scorch but you need a cup of scalded milk, and as soon as you take that off the burner, you add one quarter cup of sugar, one teaspoon salt, and one third cup of shortening or butter that you've softened. And that you kind of stir it around till everything mixes together and melts. Set that aside and let it cool to lukewarm. And then you add one package of active dry yeast. To one quarter, uh, what does that say? One quarter cup of lukewarm water. You got to be sure that your water's not too hot. You want it to be about 105 degrees if you can get it, because if it's too hot, it will kill the yeast, and if it's not warm enough, it won't activate the yeast. You let that set for 10 minutes. Then you take your cooled scalded milk mixture and you Add your yeast and warm water to that. 
and to and then all to all of that you add one cup of all-purpose flour two lightly beaten eggs one teaspoon of vanilla and you beat that well and you gradually begin to add in two and a half cups more of flour and you beat that until it's smooth and you cover and you let the dough rise in a draft free place until it's doubled and i always put like a a warm damp cloth over it or something like that and if you don't want to do that then put uh saran wrap but if you use saran wrap you probably need to grease it because it will stick you roll dough out into a half inch thick sheet on a lightly floured work surface then you begin to cut using your donut cutter and every time you make a cut and get the donut out of there you dip it in flour so you need to have a bowl of oh maybe a couple tablespoons of flour so that you can dip your donut maker in there each time the donut cutter and you let them rise for 30 to 60 minutes then you fry them in hot oil in a in a we like to use a, a deep fryer. We did them in the turkey fryer, but you can use a pan of hot oil, but you really have to watch it because you want to keep it between 365 and 375 degrees. If you're not using a deep fryer, you have to flip them over halfway through. You take a slotted spoon and take them out of the oil, put them on some paper towels or something to drain a little bit, and while they're still warm but not hot, You dip them in glaze, and you lay them on a wire rack with a cookie sheet underneath to catch the drips, and that way it's not so messy. Now, I said I had two glazes. The first glaze is two cups of powdered sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla, and a few drops of milk. You only add enough milk to make the glaze a good consistency for dipping. And if your glaze, if you get too much milk, just... Add a little more sugar, and you can dip them, or you can use a wooden spoon to kind of help put the glaze on top of them. Now, the other glaze is one that I like better, but it didn't come. That one is the one that came with the recipe. This other glaze I got somewhere else. You use a one-pound box of confectioner sugar or powdered sugar, one package of unflavored gelatin, and one-half cup of warm water and a teaspoon of vanilla. And you just mix all that together and just dip your donuts in it on both sides and lay them on the wire rack with a cookie sheet underneath it. And that gelatin helps that glaze to stiffen up and not stay quite so thin. And that's it. Oh, I'm coming to your house, Chris. Donuts are a lot of work. <laughs> Jeff's right when he says buy out. When, but, no, when in doubt, hire out. Yeah. Although, as Dave said on his show, he didn't say it that way. He says, we're doing the Jeff lunch. We're having lunch Jeff's way. When in doubt, order out. That, that's what Dave said. <laughs> yeah. Remember that, guys? Yeah, yeah, I said that about three weeks ago. <laughs> but those donuts sound good, good. Good. They are good, but like I said, donuts or any, anything you have to roll out like that is a lot of work. Well, what if you want to make donuts they like... they would work in the air fryer. Oh, I don't know. I've never tried that. They might if you sprayed them with oil. I just don't know. 
What about those donuts you get from Dunkin'? They have the like the Bavarian cream ones, or they have lemon in them. How do you? What tool do you use to inject the donut with uh, to fill them up with uh, with uh, whatever you know topping you're putting inside the donut? That, those aren't the ones with the holes. You know, you've seen those yeah. at Dunkin'. Is yeah. there a thing that you could buy for that? Do you know? Yeah, you can. It's it's an injector, but you have to make sure you get an injector that you can get thick stuff like that through. Okay, well, every time I hear your recipes like this, I, I, I figure I'd probably gain about 20, 10 to 20 pounds, Chris. <laughs> Those donuts are good. We've made them a couple times in the turkey fryer. Yeah, the turkey fryer is nice because it has, well, your donuts are completely submerged. And you have a basket. You can just yeah, lower the basket in and raise the basket up to take them out. Let's talk a little bit about, maybe not so much about, but you had quite an experience this last week of ordering a grill, mastering, putting the grill together. The, the um, what, what are they called? Um, Traeger. Traeger grills that are the, with the pellets and everything, and you put it all together, weighed 180 pounds. That's right. Get it all together. I mean, you have to struggle to get it out there. Get it all. Yeah, because to- it was hot that night too. Get it all together. Set it up, and you can't get too far with it. Yeah, it. Um, we we spent a lot of time assembling the thing. We got everything put together. And uh, that took a little bit of work because it's heavy. The The grill weighed 180 pounds, and so we had to put legs on it. So, obviously, we had to prop it up and things like that high enough to get the legs to go in underneath. And, but anyway, we got it all put together. It is a Wi-Fi grill so that you can control it with your iPhone or Android, whatever. And... Um, there it wound up there was a problem well is a problem with the wi-fi and um the 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 wi-fi cannot connect to the grill so they are the manufacturer is sending me a new controller so that i i've got to take the thing apart and replace the the controller in there to fix the problem. So we're in the process. Mike, isn't there a distributor that would come out and do it for you? They should have to do it if you bought they, a new grill that doesn't work. They did offer to uh, send a tech, and you know, if if we would have a problem, they will. They would send a tech out. But I did. Uh, Open this up and examine the controller, and I don't think there's a problem to, to exchange to change it. So attack once we get the controller, we'd have to wait for. And they say that the firmware version in the controller isn't correct, and it, it for whatever reason it will not update. It, we we've tried to update the firmware version, and it won't. So they're saying the controller's bad. So now it's just hurry up and wait. Now we can use it manually. Sort of. Um, we we can set the temperature and things like that if we if we need to. Um, but the problem is, if this doesn't work, for well, whatever, if that doesn't work, then they'll have they'll they'll have they're to, send, have to send somebody out. And if they have to replace the grill, then they're going to have to 
figure out how we're going to send it back because um, there's just no way we can get a 180-pound grill out of a box without tearing the box up. I mean, you can't lift the thing up three feet high to get it out of the box. Now, and cut box. I know. Is it, can you use it manually very easy? I mean, like your old one? We, we can. Um, not as easily, it, It's can. not quite as easy, although... We know how to do it now because we used, uh, we did use Ira, and we, we called them, and we know now that when we turn the grill on, the default is 165 degrees, and every time you turn the knob, it goes up five degrees. So, but they're little tiny clicks, so you'd really have to. Uh, you have to turn it real slow. Be careful and don't lose count, but it's doable. But I, I want it to work with Wi-Fi because that was the whole point. Is this grill electric or gas? It's it is an electric wood fire grill, so it uses uh, wood pellets. Now this isn't obviously. I think the one that I, that I hear advertisements for is a trade. Don't they make a smokeless grill that you can use in your apartment? Where you they have, do. Where you, where you put they water in a little reservoir so that the, there is no smoke. From what I understand, have you played with those at all? No, we have. I I actually have. We had one a long time ago when they first came out. They were ceramic. And you do, you put water in the bottom of them. Well, the one the one we had, you put water in the back bottom of them. This, they, they were out in the 90s, and they actually work pretty well. One thing, Dave, I've noticed now, down in Florida, and we had that, oh, was it that Whirlpool oven, that big super oven supposed to work so well with Alexa and all of that. We had a whale of a time. With getting a two-point, because it worked on the 2.4 network, and Comcast was using 5.0, and they didn't want to let you create a 2.4 network. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, Spectrum doesn't do that, or they're not restricting you that way. Yeah. And well, most they, things are smart enough to step down if they need that. If you have right. a five point or whatever, I don't know why that thing wouldn't. But it was—it's a real problem with with that in order to make that work. So I didn't know if you know that could be a factor. It, can I ask a question, Dave and Chris? Did you order this over Amazon, or did you get this from a dealer? No, we ordered it directly from the manufacturer. <laughs> Because I know there's a there's a dealer up here that handles Traeger. It's called Apt Electronics, and they will not sell those to you unless the technician installs it himself, so they can check it. You, yeah, they, well. they they send the technician with it. They won't they won't because I've seen them advertising. They said they will not sell it to anyone unless you have the technician. You got to come out and hook it up. No, heck, so the they way, know it's done right. The way Traeger advertises it, you know, you you can assemble it and. And they okay, got, well, maybe, maybe directly from the manufacturer, but if you go through this appliance store, there's a big appliance store on the north side. I've ordered stuff from them, a washer and a dryer and different things, and they won't let you install anything by yourself. The technician has to come out and install it. That way they know the warranties are set right and everything. What are they charging you for that as well, Bill? Nothing. That's free. Oh, okay. The setup is free. When, when it's delivered, it might not be the same day, but the next day a technician will come out, or sometimes he's right with the truck. And they hook it up and everything to make sure it's right. Well, you may be one of the lucky ones, but I know we bought grills from QVC that had to be assembled, and you know they're mm-hmm. they're designed to, to be able to be 
Oh yeah, right. They are. But I'm just saying this one, this company up here, Apple Electronics, they won't. They even if you buy a stereo system and you say you can do it yourself, uh, uh-uh, they won't honor it. They they will not honor your first year warranty unless the tech comes out and hooks everything up for you. Well, I'd, I'd be a hard one to deal with with that because I'd have to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I guess you can do some yourself, but I meant the tech comes out to make sure you know that's hooked up properly for their warranty. Because they're they're a they're a big high end uh, appliance store here. Everybody, otherwise, it's mainly on the North Shore and that. But they'll deliver anywhere. But yeah. do you guys know of anybody else successfully using the Traeger grill with Wi-Fi? Not no, well, but, not personally, no. But then we don't know. Most of the time, when we get something, often we don't know any success people there using it either. So. What, about, it what about the app for the iPhone? Is it, does it does it appear to be accessible? Yes, even though okay, very much. But the only thing that you can't use from the iPhone is something that makes sense, and that is to start it or to start. The flame, or is that yeah? Different? What they what they've done, and it's for it's for well to protect them and and yourself is you can do everything you need to do with the grill except start it. Well, you can turn it on. You can turn it on, but you can't, can't start ignite it. Ignite the pellets because well, what you know, for example, you know, if somebody happened to hack into your network and decide they were going to start your grill and you weren't home. So you just you just whenever you first turn the grill on, you just hit the start button and manually, and then everything else you can do. So you know they're starting to do that a lot with Wi-Fi products now, just for safety reasons. It'll be interesting the adventures. I expect that you'll probably have it by the end of the week, maybe. That's what we're hoping. They they said two weeks, but they said that on the grill, and we got it a lot faster. So I'm hoping that we'll have it by the end of the week. Is this the first time you're using a Traeger grill, or was the other one that you had originally a Traeger as well? It was a Traeger. It was a Traeger, and we had an opportunity. We'd been looking at this one, but we weren't going to buy it yet. We were going to wait a year. But we had an opportunity to sell our old one, and we figured we might not have that opportunity next year because... We figured that people would go out and buy one because they were wanting one really bad. Did the old one weigh 180 pounds? No. <laughs> no. So they, they bought ours, and that gave us a chance to buy this other one that we really wanted. So Well, yeah. this thing, Tim, is, is 53 inches long, and then it's like... What is that? About 47, 47 inches, inches wide. wide. <laughs> it's pretty... My word. You can, you're supposedly, yeah. you can get 34 hamburgers, although that's, personally, I think that's pushing it, but that's what it's advertised as. <clears throat> 34 hamburgers or six chickens. Well, someone else can do the hamburgers because I can't picture keeping track of 34 hamburgers. That's <laughs> why I said I think that's unrealistic for me, but that's what it's supposed to hold. So does it have more than one grate, or does it, is it only is it, does it have different shelves on it as well, so that you can uh, cook different things, or is it all just one flat surface? No, it it, it has the, the the big grate for the 34 hamburgers, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another smaller one that's 
uh, probably about six inches above the the other one. And it, that's it's, it's a little size, smaller. Maybe that's you can warm your buns up there. Okay. Okay. Well, I see like we have, Bill, I see we have a comment from Kay in Buffalo on the request line about the shell phone. Um, phone. Okay. Um, I don't have a good way of I'll playing go get it, it here. If you guys want to stall for a minute, I'll go get it and we'll play it. How about that? Okay. Because we want to get Kay on. This grill, you can for accessories, you can buy a side table or you can buy some kind of folding front table, which I think I might like to have the folding front table. Um, I don't know what else you can buy for it. So, so does it have room on the sides to set anything? Well, no, only if you use the top of the wood pellet box. That's why I might like to have the folding front table. Yeah, oh, yeah that might as long as good. we have a little time. But Joel had his hand. Joe, you've had your hand raised for a while. So what's your question, please? Oh yeah, this is just a quick thing here. Uh, performance today, American Public Media, classical music radio is doing a new thing. They are giving a grill away this month. Just go to the website and register, and maybe you can win a grill. All right, thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. Yeah, I bet oh. that's. I bet those taste good. Okay, let's see something here. And by the way, you're listening to the Coffee Club. I know we're running into a little bit of your time, Tim. Oh, that's all right. I'll steal some of Chris's. No, actually, I won't. Chris can <laughs> have all the time he wants. <laughs> Ed K, I know that you call on and you send me emails. I hope that you're enjoying your Emerald Big Easy Bold Coffee because I know I told you about that and you mentioned it. So I hope you're still enjoying it as well. Did you find it, Bill, or or did it go away when I when I got it? It may have have gone away and said because you didn't delete it from the from the mailbox, did you, Tim? No, but because 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 you read it, it may not show up in his email. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Um, I'm Can you summarize what, what she wanted to know, Tim? Just so we, if, if you remember. Well, let's see here. I know you got rid of it. Something happened. Yeah. I don't have it. Yeah, she's, she's saying that you have to take the apps that the company gives you. That's what I thought. Yeah. And yeah, because they're trying to make them accessible to And they're not telling what radio they're going to use for Utunes or whatever for listening. So she didn't know if we'd be able to get the legend on it or not. Well, Hopefully. Then they can just take that phone and put it in the river, right? Yeah, you got to have the legend. <laughs> I mean, is this nonsense? Heck with accessibility, when it comes down to us, Forget it. Listen to the legend. Um, no, all kidding aside, I wanted to get her on the air. I usually play it on my show right after. Maybe not. Just add a legend app to it. How about that? So that's what you get to listen to. There you go. 
Oh, wait right. a minute. If you want to listen to radio, this is what you get to listen hey, to. Hey, before we go, uh, what, what are we having for lunch today, guys? Chris and Dave. Leftovers. But uh, it's KFC. Leftover KFC from yesterday. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, just, it's good the second day around. That's no problem. Yeah. I had an unplanned trip to Walmart that was supposed to happen tomorrow. But they showed up early, and so I went ahead and went and <laughs> kind of messed up. They my really home. showed up early. Yeah, they kind of messed up my whole day, but at least I don't have to do it tomorrow now. <laughs> well, I, that was I fun. Can do, um, I can play it this way, Bill. If I, I think this will work good enough to listen to it at least. Hi, this is Kay in Buffalo. The thing about the blind shell, um, I call it a dumb smartphone. You cannot download your own individual apps on it. You have to take the apps that the company gives you. And, uh, for example, they're not telling us uh, what radio they're going to key into, tune in or Bluetooth or what. It sounds to me like... We're going to have to listen to a radio that they provide. They're not going to be hooked up with TuneIn or Bluetooth. So I wonder if you could even get the legend on Blind Shelf. But in my email a couple weeks ago, I got a notification about a phone. I don't know how you pronounce it. I call it Lucia, L-U-C-I-A, the Lucia phone. That doesn't have all the stuff. Like Blind Shelf has... Uh, um, whether they're they're talking about, but I don't know, but but they're saying they're not going to have books here, and they're talking about maybe getting news lines. They're, they're talking about a lot of maybe, um, but I'm going to have to, you know, it sounds like they're trying to sell us with a bunch of maybe, but right now they don't have our, they don't have, um, they don't have NFE news line. Also, they were saying that they might put a ride-sharing app on, so that's another maybe. But even as it is now, you can get a calendar, a recorder, a calculator, a timer, a reminder thing, an alarm clock, all kinds of different things. And the price I heard was something like maybe $350 or so. And it's going to be sold, they said, at the Chicago Lighthouse. Bill, you can pick up two or three. And I know Allison <laughs> here in Buffalo is supposed to be selling it. But I'm more interested in this Lucia phone. Does anyone know anything about that? And that's a company based out of Virginia. And goodbye from Kay in Buffalo. Let me tell you, I would say, here's my advice. And the advice is cheap. Wait till it comes out. Don't be the first to buy it. Save your money and see how well it works first. That's what I would say. We will tell you more about that phone next week, Kay, the one from Virginia. They did a demo on uh, talking communities, and it's available out there. And so I listened to it. So we'll talk more about that phone next week. Um, That is. I hope hope that worked okay. It did. We're great, Tim. Okay. That, uh, but yeah, it, I would hold off on that K a little bit. But the Lucia is out now; it can be done. But there definitely is no apps on it, like you would expect, or those potential. But we'll see. We shall see. We better turn this over to Tim. And I'm going to hit the button here and say thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the show as much as we did being here. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, panel. And uh, Dave, Chris, Tim, everyone. Bill. Talk to you all later. All right.